Joshua chapter 24. I'll begin reading right away in verse 14. It says, Now therefore, fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, it's, this is a, a day where people like to serve anything. Anybody, any person, anything. Usually you see them serving themselves and, and what they please. And, well, you know, I, I do this because I like it. Well, you know, I, I have listened to this because I like it. And the way we see people living is following their own desires and their own lusts, the own things that they wish to do. And I thought about it and said, what stark contrast there ought to be from somebody who is serving the Lord versus somebody who is serving the God of the Amorites or the God of their fathers. And as I thought about that, I thought, you know, here Joshua is giving the challenge to these people not to do what's easy, not to do what everybody else is doing, but to live a life that is different, to live a life that is separated, to serve the Lord. Of course, prior to this, this is the end of Joshua's life, and so a lot of these people here, they they were in the wilderness, and they crossed over Jordan, and they had fought with the Canaanites, and the Lord had delivered the Canaanites into their hand. All these people would have been familiar with how the Lord parted the Jordan River for these people to pass over, and how God had given them the victory over, over Jericho, given them the victory over all the Canaanites, how Joshua commanded the the sun to stand still and God held the sun still while he they defeated their enemies these people they weren't unfamiliar with God's goodness they weren't unfamiliar with all the miracles that God had done that they had seen while their fathers that the generation before them they were the generation that was there that would have witnessed the plagues on Egypt they would have witnessed God providing water and manna in the wilderness. They would have witnessed God coming down on Mount Sinai and the fire and the smoke and the thunder. These people, they weren't unfamiliar with God. In fact, I read verse 14, but verses 1, all the way down to 13, Joshua's going to call the, the people together and he's going to begin to rehearse some of the goodness of the Lord and some of God's great acts that he had done. And then he's going to challenge them. He says, you know, you've seen what God's done. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. And after all this time, he's going to tell them, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood 
and in, e and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. Here, I believe, we're not unfamiliar with God's goodness. We're not unfamiliar with God's salvation. Salvation that came through faith. But I wonder, are we trying to serve God and then trying to serve some other gods, some other things that we would hold dear? It says, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. He challenges the people and says, number one, you need to serve the Lord. Shouldn't it be not serving him. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses, beginning in verse 1, it says, Now these are the commandments and statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded you to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, and keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, that thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged, Hear therefore, O Israel, observe and do it, that it may be well with thee, that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord thy God, as the Lord God of thy fathers, had promised thee, in a land that floweth with milk and honey. As we look at these, these are some of the last words of Moses, just on the other side of the Lord. These people that are hearing now Joshua commanding would have heard this same command from Moses. It says, here it says, Hear therefore, O Israel, observe to do it. As we look over the course of Israel, we see there was never the lack of God's word. It wasn't, hey, there's, we don't know where to find God's word. We can't, we don't have anyone teaching God's word. It was not that it wasn't there, it was that it wasn't observed. It wasn't done. If we're going to serve the Lord, it's not enough just to come here to Wednesday night and to Sunday and just hear it. We need to be doing it as well. That's why he says there, he says, Now therefore fear the Lord your God and serve Him. When I go to serve, I don't sit down and, and just hear the commands and say, oh, okay, you, you want this or you want that. You go to a restaurant and the waiter comes and they say, you know, oh, what can I get you to drink? Say, oh, you know, I want, you know, I, I want a root beer or I want, I want some coffee. Or you order your drinks and they say, okay, and they write it down and they walk away. You know, we wouldn't say that they were serving us if they, if they wrote it all down and walked away and 15, 20 minutes later we're still sitting there going, boy, you know, wonder when they're going to bring us some, bring us our water and our, and our drinks, what we, what we ordered. We want to consider that service. When we, when our waitress comes and they're coming to serve us, when we say, order something from them, we expect to be served. We expect them to follow our order. But just like we would expect that of another person, God expects that of us. 
when we come and we hear the word of God, and God and God says to love your neighbor, He expects us, if we're going to serve Him, to love our neighbor. He that would just be natural. That would just be expected when we serve the Lord. It's not enough just to hear His commands. We have to do them. Now therefore, fear the Lord. His first command there is to fear the Lord. Doesn't mean we should be afraid and we should be terrified and only in the Lord. But to fear the Lord is a respect. When I'm at work, I fear my manager. Not that I'm afraid of him, but when they come around, I'm going to make sure, hey, yep, I'm dotting the I's, cross the T's, make sure I'm doing everything that's supposed to be done because I know, hey, if I'm not doing it right, they're going to let me know. If I've missed something, I'm going to hear about it. These are, this is just in an earthly sense, but same thing. When God come, when we serve God, we should serve Him with that fear, because He's always here. It says we should fear the Lord. We should serve Him. It says in Deuteronomy chapter ten, verse twelve, it says now therefore now. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God and to walk in his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all of thy soul? What does the Lord require? That we fear him, that we serve him, that we love him. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. I'm saddened by the state that Christianity as a whole has come to say they serve the Lord. For much of it is in hypocrisy. Much of it is, well, I'll be there on Sunday, I'll do what I'm supposed to do on Sunday, but boy, come, come Monday, I need to do what I need to do to, to get ahead. I need to do what I need to do to be successful. And they come and they hear the word of God Sunday. And they can, we can put a great game on on Sunday. We can dress up. We can look good. We can come in and say amen at the right times and sing all the hymns. But how we live on Monday is going to tell us whether we're just putting on the show, whether we're just putting on the face, or whether we're doing it in truth and in sincerity. Growing up, at the age of six, I had made a profession, and it was really to please my parents, to put on a good show, and, you know, I held on to that for, for another six years, and I knew in my heart I wasn't saved, but or I could, I would go to church and I would, I would put the mask on and, or I would, I would dress up. I would be there in church. I'd be in Sunday school with my Bible, hearing the word of God, hearing the preachers. 
But all that time, it was in hypocrisy. It wasn't in sincerity. I knew in my own heart, I didn't trust Christ as my Savior. I knew that if I were to die, I would, I would have gone to hell. That wasn't serving in sincerity. Are we serving the Lord in sincerity, or is it, do we live for Christ one day, and then the next day, we turn around and we're living for ourselves? That's hypocrisy. And you can fool everyone on this earth, but you will never fool the Lord. You will never fool God. We serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Bible tells us in John chapter 4 says but the hour cometh then is now when the true worshiper shall worship the Lord in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him God is spirit they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth it's truth we can worship him with our spirit we can be excited about serving the Lord but it's not just enough to worship Him with our spirit. He seeks such to worship Him in truth. Those who will come and hear the Word of God and do the Word of God, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but every day of the week, every day that they live. That's who God seeks to worship Him. Those who will not just hear the Word, but will do it. Bible tells us also over in, in Luke chapter 12 it says in the meantime they were gathered an innumerable multitude of people so much that they trod one upon another and began to say to his disciples first of all it says beware of the leaven of the Pharisees which is hypocrisy what were the Pharisees guilty of they were guilty of hypocrisy the opposite of sincerity, the opposite of truth. We know what the Bible, what Jesus said about them. He called them whited sepulchers. He says, oh, you know, you look good on the outside, but on the inside you're full of all uncleanness and dead men's bones. Before I trusted Christ during that time when I had made that profession, I came and I put, put on the good show. That's what I was. I the whited sepulcher. I look good on the outside, but on the inside, it's uncleanness. There was no salvation, there was no change, it was just putting on a good show. God doesn't desire us to be serving Him in hypocrisy. He desires us to serve Him in truth. That every day that we live, that we would serve Him, that we would hear His word, and that we would do His word every single day. That's who God wants to worship Him. Is back in Joshua 24 verse 14 now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord if we're going to serve the Lord every day of our lives if we're going to serve him there's going to be some things that we're going to need to put away. We're going to need to 
cast aside some things that maybe we've been holding on to. I appreciate the King James writers say, put away. And I thought about that, I said, and put away the gods with your fathers. I said, boy, you know, almost sounds like what they'll be later talking about, how if a man were to put away his wife, they were to divorce, to put it aside. It's not like putting away like, oh, I'm going to put my clothes away with the intent that, you know, I'm going to go back to them. I'm going to use them later on. But we put away with the intent of never going back, never taking part in those things. It says, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood. Talking about putting away, talking about casting aside. The Bible tells us in Matthew verse chapter 19, verse 3, it says, The Pharisees came unto him, tempting him, saying, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for any cause? They came tempting and said, Hey, can we put away? Can we divorce them for any reason? Here, we should be putting away those things. We should divorce ourselves from the gods of this world, from the gods, as it says here, which were on the other side of the flood. Well, you read that time. It's a time where thoughts of man were only evil continually. There was violence all over the place. Hey, we need to divorce ourselves from those things and put those things away permanently with no intent of going back, making it hard and difficult to go back. The Bible tells us that we're not to make provision for our flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. We should put away those things that our flesh desires. Put away the old things. Put it off. Put away the old man. It says, Which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. The Bible tells us that we're to serve the Lord, not to serve these other things, we're to put them away. In Jeremiah chapter 4, we see how Israel did it said if that, if thou wilt return O Israel saith the Lord return unto me if thou wilt put away thine abominations out of my sight then shalt thou not remove he wants us to put away those things those abominations the sins the weights that would so easily beset us we need to put them away says, put away your gods, which your father served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. If we're going to serve the Lord, we're going to have to put some things away. We're going to have to worship Him, and serve Him, every single day of our lives, in sincerity, and in truth. But then he says, but you know, if you're not going to serve the Lord, if you're not going to be willing to put away all of these things. If you're not going to be willing to put away the weights 
and desires of the flesh and the things of this world fits if you'd rather hang on to this world if it doesn't seem good for you if it seems evil to serve the Lord and he says and choose this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served which were on the other side of the flood or the gods with, of the Amorites in whose land you dwell I sit here and think boy you know here he makes a very stark contrast there's God Boy, you're going to have to put some things away if you're going to serve God. He's not going to be willing, he's not going to be pleased with one day a week where you serve him along with all the other gods. He then says, that we should, if it's not going to please the Lord to do that, and if you don't want to do that, then you just choose whether to serve the gods which your father served, which were on the other side of the flood, thought about this a lot. Boy, you know, they would have been familiar with the gods which their fathers had served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. That's why in the previous verse he had to tell them to put it away. Why? Because during that whole time they were serving God, but they were hanging on to these other gods. The Bible tells us in Exodus that when Moses went up into Mount Sinai then, there they, Aaron, made a calf, and poof, out of the fire came this golden calf. Huh. Oddly and strangely, just like the ones they served in Egypt. They were still hanging on to that. There were still people there that desired and had that lingering in heart to, hey, you know, those gods in Egypt, you know, maybe they weren't all that bad. I know we were in bondage, we're going to serve the gods of the Father, it's going to be comfortable. You don't have to change anything. You don't, the devil comes and says, hey, you don't really need to, to get rid of it. You don't really need to put those things away. Maybe just, don't put them away, just kind of maybe set them aside. You don't really need to change that much. The devil says, these gods that they were serving. Hey, they could go on serving them and, oh, you know, we don't, you know, I was, they could walk away from Joshua's admonition and his challenge to them and say, well, you know, that was, that was a good challenge, that was a, a, a great challenge, that we're going to do it and turn around and walk away and not change a thing. And they could continue to serve the gods that they were used to serving. It would have been comfortable. It would have been easy. Bible tells us in Ezekiel 20 we see the end result that they didn't turn away from the gods of their fathers. They didn't turn away. Maybe they had set them aside. It's in Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 7 the Bible says, Then said I unto them cast ye away every man the abomination of his eyes and defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. What do we see? We saw that the children of Israel, they didn't stick to the Lord. They turned back to what was comfortable, what was easy for them to do, what they had known that, you know, hey, this is what we've, what we've done for, you know, so many years. And 
We're going to continue to do that. We can't serve God without putting away, without having some change in our life. We can't serve Him without being willing to put away the gods which our fathers served on the other side of the flood. I have a good friend in California. He grew up with me and went to college with me. His family, for a long time, they were Catholic. And they turned. I remember he when he got saved, and he was so excited. Boy, he had to go, he had to put away the gods which his father served. And they were often... Many times we come and say, you know, they're asking me about this, they're asking me about that. What do you think? How, how, do you, how, would, how would you answer? How would you respond? But he, he held on. He, he put aside, he put away the God his fathers had served. As a result of his testimony, his parents both came to know the Lord as their Savior as well. His brother came to know the Lord as the Savior. The whole family is no longer serving the gods that their fathers and their fathers before them had served. They put those things away. But for in order for him to do that, and in order for him to serve God, he had to put those things away. It required him to change. It required him to do things differently than the rest of his family. It wasn't comfortable, it wasn't easy, but it was right. We can't just set them aside. We need to put them away. He goes on to continue to challenge them in verse 15 of Joshua 24. It says, If it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, to you this day, whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. How often do we see these so-called churches serving the God of their society? Here Joshua says, hey, if you're not going to serve God, and you're not going to serve the gods which you've known, then you can serve the gods of the people around you. Hey, you can serve the gods of society. You can serve what the people around you serve. Twenty-five years ago, you would have been very, very hard-pressed to find any church or any pastor or minister that would say homosexuality was okay. That it was acceptable. Why? Well, because back then, society said it's not okay. It's not acceptable. But now there's churches all over the place. Well, you know, it's okay. It's acceptable. Oh, there are even some churches say, hey, you can be a homosexual and a pastor. That's just the way God made you. Why, why the change? Why the difference? Well, society's changed. Society now says, well, it's okay. It's not that big of a deal. As long as you're not hurting others, then it's okay to live 
a sinful lifestyle. So what do these churches do? These churches that serve the gods of the Almorites and serve the god of society? Well, society claims society says it's okay, so it must be okay. It's not okay. God didn't change. His word didn't change. The only thing that changed is society. So why do all these churches change? Why do they all say it's okay? Because clearly, they're not serving the Lord. They're serving society. They're serving the gods of the people around them. They want to do what everyone else says is acceptable. The Bible tells us, is, I am the God of Jacob. I change not. Therefore, sons of Jacob are not consumed. God didn't change. The Bible tells in Hebrews that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus didn't change. The Bible tells that not one dot or one tittle shall pass from the law until all be fulfilled. God's word didn't change. But these churches, they've decided to change. Because society has changed. You can serve the gods of the Almorites. You can serve society. Hey, it won't be hard. Everyone else is doing it. Everyone else is changing. I think maybe we should too. You know, the Bible says, uh-uh. We don't need to conform to this world. In fact, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We don't need to conform to this world. We don't need to be like everybody else. Going to do all those things that they're doing because they're not serving the Lord in sincerity and in truth. Bob still says, sin is sin. God is displeased with it. So the challenge that comes to us today is just as they were faced with the decision. Are you going to serve the Lord despite the cost, despite the difficulty, despite having to tear some things from the desires and lust of our flesh, despite having to put away the gods of this world, the gods of the flesh, the gods that would detract and would take the glory from the one true God? Are we going to serve Him and fear Him in sincerity and in truth? every single day? Or are we going to be okay with serving Him on Sunday and serving all the other gods the rest of the week?